what's the crack? Um, thanks so much for coming down. Great to see you. such a good turnout. Um, my name is Dylan Murphy, and I'm head of content at District Magazine. And yeah, so we're throwing this panel talk just to talk about how to up your creative game. And it was an idea that came to us when we were thinking of dry January, hibernating after Christmas, and just all that comes with that. So before I introduce our panelists, um, yeah, we'll just sort of talk about how it's going to go. So basically, like, I'm going to assume to some extent that most people here are creatives and you're working on your craft, but a lot of the time there's things that we just don't get taught in college that you have to live through. And um, so, yeah, we've got these guys here to give their advice and their experience. Um, and it's going to be just a really chill format. We're going to try and keep it really transparent and really chill, conversational. So for the panelists, if someone wants to jump in after saying something, feel free to do that. And I'd really encourage questions, but we'll try and get to them at the end. But if there's something that you want clarified, um, put your hand up because at the end of the day, like I would forget a question if I was made to wait the whole time. And it's good to get them out there. And um, so, yeah, we've got like innovators in the respective fields here. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves one by one. So you want to go first, Elias? I shouldn't have sat here. This is, uh, this is really intimidating. Um, I'm a photographer and a filmmaker. Um, I guess a photographer first, and I've been working in that for a bit longer. But I think for the last six years, I've been a filmmaker as well. And um, definitely think I've learned a lot of lessons by doing things wrong along the way. This is strange. I think I want to pick this up. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's me. I'm Elias. <laughs> um, my name is Rachel McGuire. I am a faux fur hat designer. Uh, um, that's about it for me. <laughs> What's up? What's happening? How are you feeling? That is shite, lads. That's it. Just, that's terrible. Anyway, my name is Fatboy. I'm in a band called Brick Nasty. And we play different gigs and stuff like that. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, don't you? You know what I'm trying to say. Good. But you need to get this going. We need to open it up because it's freezing cold in here. You know what I mean? You with the hat on, we're going to be locking us the whole evening. So you may as well start clapping or cheering or something because... I'm here all day. How are you doing your thing? I can't follow that. Um, my name is Fuchsia. I am an artist and illustrator. And um, I've been working freelance for the past 10 years or so with lots of big clients like your Googles and your Airbnbs and your Guinnesses and things like that. Um, yeah, that's me. Deadly. So just to get like a feeling for what sort of people are in the room, put your hand up if you're a photographer. Yeah, got a couple there. Uh, musicians? Anybody in the crowd? Yeah. Um, DJs? No. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that everybody here is at least interested in something creative or doing something creative. And I guess starting off, we'll go we'll go from like ground zero. So if you're a creative, if you're ground zero, you've been working on your craft and you're thinking, okay, it's at a place where I want to start getting it out there, whether that's presenting it to people, getting in publications. Where where were some of the first places that you started looking, Elias, to present your work to showcase it? Um, I think well, I went to NCD. I think myself and Fuchsia about went, went there. Um, I would say that college wasn't a place for learning technical skills. I didn't even study photography or anything. I did graphic design. I think the biggest part for college was for me was meeting people who needed photography in a in a small way. So I basically just made work for friends, and I feel that that's the biggest thing that you can do. <coughs> um, is making work that's low stakes but has a use. So after you've done your personal projects and all that type of thing, there's obviously loads of Instagram pages and websites and all that type of thing which are great to send into, but I find that the next step for me was to really see 
what it was like to work with um, a, a client, essentially, but do it with safety net. So I found that that was probably the biggest learning curve for me, apart from just sending out my work to Instagram and websites and magazines, everything like that. Yeah, so if, if you're being quite specific, because even that can feel really ambiguous and difficult when you're at the start of something, like how did you go about reaching out to clients? Like if, if we're saying that you've never worked with someone before, how did you make that first connection? I uh, made a PDF and then, uh, well, this is <laughs> this is 10 years ago, so I think things have changed and maybe in some ways gotten easier, but in other ways gotten maybe more difficult. But I used to call, um, I used to Google magazines that I wanted to work with and I'd call them and then pretend that I had a story to pitch and ask who I should talk to about X or Y. And then I get an email and I'd skip by the kind of the, the, the front desk in a way. And then I'd start emailing those people and just be really persistent. But I don't know, I think today there probably are numbers that you can call, but a certain amount of it is just maybe DMing people. Because as, as much as the algorithm is trying to fuck that up <laughs> in, yeah. in a certain way, the, the um, I still get a lot of work through just DMing people, like editors for magazines and, some of my biggest work has come years later, but from that process of just it's it's kind of the 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 rungs of the ladder are a bit more laid flat because you know a, an editor for the New York Times, let's say, won't have millions of followers because they're quite niche, but you can maybe get in there because that's you know the that's the 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 kind of the playing field is quite flat there, you know. I mean, ultimately, your Instagram becomes your CV in these scenarios. Rachel, for you, like, how did you bridge that gap between starting designing and turning it into real opportunities, working with people? What What was your process like for that? Um, for me, it was more the product came first and then the people followed. Like, I didn't sit in a room and say... What is my business plan? I made a faux fur hat for myself and everywhere it went, everywhere I went, it garnered some attention. So I think word of mouth was very pop, uh, powerful for me. Like if I was in a supermarket, someone said, can I try on your hat? And that was a, a light bulb for me. It was like something I had made was sparking a human connection and I wanted to continue that. So I heard a quote, it was like, get everyone around you to listen and the rest of the world will follow. Um, within a few weeks of making my first hat, everyone in my class in fashion design was a customer. So everyone in the classroom owned one. So I think that it began with word of mouth before I even attempted to sell online or sell on social media. I was like practicing with the people that were around me and people that just wanted one. So I was lucky to have found something niche. Like at the time it was niche. I honed in on one product rather than trying to do everything because then you're up against everyone else. Whereas if it's something niche and you hone in on it, they have to come to you for that product um, rather than you having to like chase them. Yeah, 100%. And, and there's almost something there about tapping into whatever community you're part of already as well. Um, can anybody sort of like attest to that, that like working small and working with who's around you when you sort of have a scarcity of resources, Johnny, maybe like with you with music, would you have had, had it with... Um, you worked with your immediate circle, or how did how did that start for you? Uh, yeah, like obviously in Ballymun, there wasn't a lot of youngsters playing guitar. It was me and one other youngster, and he got bullied over. Right? Now look, that's sad. You know what I mean? Like he could have stuck with it. Now I got bullied, but you can't bully me about anything. Yeah, seriously, you can't. You know what I mean? So I stuck with it, and then eventually got to be a bit older, and then I studied in BIM for two minutes, and then failed out. I failed out with BIM. Give us a round of applause. <laughs> 
BIM. It's a DOS college. It's a fake college. If there's any BIM students in here, you just need the words up. Move on. Do you know what I mean? It's a crash for grown-ups. I'm sorry. It's seriously a joke. I'm laughing at this. But, look, yeah, so anyway, I failed out. I failed out with a crash for grown-up. Yeah, and then we, we uh, started working in Tesco's. I was flat in Tesco's. I carried that shop I did on my back. I was working out in Tesco's there for about 60 hours a week. It was heartbreaking. But uh, by that point, I'd already met these two wankstands. They're good people. Deep, 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 deep down. Way down. When you get way down into them, they actually are good people. They actually are. Believe it or not. So, yeah, started working with them. But he's from Carlo. He's from Navin. Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't get much worse than that, but we dug deep. And, uh, yeah, we got the band together. And it's going well, do you know what I mean? It's going to do all right. I'm not working in Tesco's anymore, so that's just a start. What were, what were some of the first opportunities that you took advantage of or searched out for when you decided that you wanted to put your music out there and, and present it as Brick Nasty? Uh, just the fact you can you can whack anything up on Spotify. Like, your four songs are dirt. Like, they're terrible. Um, but we stuck them together. Like, we recorded them in a fire escape and then um, we didn't mix them and mask them and just stuck them out. But, uh, like, I'm sure... I don't, know, I don't know what everyone's background is here, yeah, but I'm sure, like, depending on where you came from, you're probably like, oh, like, I can't fucking do anything, do you know what I mean? But then, like, having a song up on Spotify, you're like, oh, like, that was actually easy. And then when you do little things like that, you're like, oh, fuck, like, what else can I do? And then you just keep pushing yourself and putting yourself out of your comfort zone, do you know what I mean? And then eventually, like, things start, start paying off, do you know what I mean? The biggest... The, the gig where we really, really, really knew that things was going to seriously come together was uh, was Fergus Daly. Do you know Fergus Daly? Gas cunt, bro. He's a funny man. And we played in the downstairs of Fibber McGee's. There was a good 15 people there, and they were all on their phones. And that's when, was, that's when I knew in myself, I knew it in my heart of hearts was, I'm here to fucking stay. You know what I mean? Is there is there something to be to be said about uh, building a team as well? Like oh, that's that's what it is because like you can't do it by yourself. You know what I mean? Obviously, Rasha she went off and did the dance. You know what I mean? Fair play there. You know what I mean? The hat trick. She's smashing it on social media. That was can't all wearing the hats. That's not me, bro. You know what I mean? I can't. But so you need the team. You need to have a solid group of young players and young ones who was willing to just. They're right by it, you know what I mean? You can't have people around you who are stuck up and turning their nose up and everything. You need people that are just ready to go and put the graft in. And we have that group of people, you know what I mean? Uh, future for you, when you were getting started, who were some of the people you were leaning on for advice from from the early days? Um, I think it's the same as what everyone here said. It's the people around you or like the people who are making stuff at the same time as you that might not necessarily be exactly what you're doing, but you know they're making creative things in some other way and you can bounce off each other. Um, when I was starting out as well, a lot of my friends would have been like putting on gigs or writing articles or, you know, putting nights on. And then I would do the visuals for those. So, you know, everyone's learning at the same time and building up. Like, I'm sure you've had people make posters for you. You no, know, they're, no, no. <laughs> no, don't believe in posters. <laughs> Waste of time. But like, so everyone's, you know, all starting out at the same time. And there's a nice buzz that everyone's making creative things and helping each other out. Um, out of interest, well, how many artists or illustrators are there in the audience? That's a good, a good zero. Oh, okay, three. <laughs> and does anybody have any like specific techniques before we move on to actually reaching out? You talked about finding editors on Instagram. Like I know people that have told me 
they if they know of one person who's really connected, they'll go onto their social media and see who they're following and just rinse through all the people and go, okay, they're actually going to be someone really useful and, and go like that. Um, would you have any techniques or anything specific that you could you could uh, let the people know? How PG do you want that? Just just <laughs> be real with it. Like, let us know what you've been doing. Yeah. Um, I'm actually afraid now of what you're going to say. <laughs> so now uh, we'll tell you after. We'll tell you after. Don't worry about it. Now, yeah? I think uh, most definitely find out something about them, but I don't know if that's standard procedure. But it's just like not just talking about yourself and not just saying, oh, I love your work, so this is how you can help me. It's like being so specific about why you like their work um, so that they don't feel like alienated because I'm sure they get a lot of messages. Uh, people just want to take, take, take. So it's like showing they've had an effect on you will make them want to help you more. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's important for it not to be transactional and to, you know, it, you're always better building relationships, genuine relationships with people that you actually really fuck with what they're doing at the end of the day. Um, Tisha, was there anybody when you were starting out that was really inspiring you that you wanted to work with or was, yeah, just sort of pushing pushing your your uh, your craft? Um, there was definitely um, Illustrators Ireland is like the guild for all the illustrators in Ireland and they were all really helpful and really nice um, when I first got started. But just uh, what you were saying, Rachel, about when you're contacting someone, learn something about them. Like the amount of emails and messages I get that don't even say my name, that just say hi, give me something or yeah, help me. Ones. Like, like I'm not ones. even like... It's so annoying if you have to reply to those because, you know, you just got to show that you actually respect the person and understand something about what they're doing. So, you know, if you're contacting agencies or art directors or whatever, just say, oh, I liked this particular piece that you made or this stuck out to me for this way. And that's why I'm showing you my own work, which is in some way aligned with that. Was there any, did you ever set any really realistic achievable goals at the start to kind of like have stepping stones in the thing or was it very much a like wing it and just do it as as you're going along kind of thing um i think originally i just wanted to work for uh people online and so at the time when i was kind of coming up id magazine i mean still is probably one of the most kind of enviable places to want to shoot for and so that was just my one goal so i i kind of made sure that I knew what my work was about and I knew I was kind of maybe aligned with them and so I got work online with them and then the minute that happens like any goal the minute you get it you're like okay well that's done <laughs> I don't care about that anymore what's yeah. the next thing and so then when when I got in print that was really the big kind of thing and then and then what next <laughs> but I, I think just on the email thing super important make it short <laughs> don't nobody's reading an essay no one wants to hear your waffle <laughs> No one wants to hear it, you know what I mean? If, 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 they, if they want to, they'll ask, and then they'll hear more. Yeah. But the introduction should be at least, I don't know. Two letters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's up? <laughs> Money, man. Um, Rachel, what was like an as what's an aspect of your career that you didn't expect to be so important, maybe outside of the creative? Um... I don't know how I'll answer this. Maybe like, uh, where's my notebook? Um, well, for example, like invoicing and stuff like that, has that become really important or like maybe documenting who you're working with in like a spreadsheet or anything? I literally revolute one of my best friends to do my invoices. <laughs> um, because, oh, 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 okay. Like um, someone told me, does it make the boat go faster? So try to sculpt every day. 
by listing what you need to get done and prioritize it. So what's the most important? Is it gonna make your boat go faster? Like I have handwritten notes for my every hat that goes out and I've decided like I need to stop doing those because they take up so mu much time. Although I want every box to be sent out with the handwritten note. Like I found people that can do it now, like um, college students that need hours with a fashion designer. It's like, okay, I'll reply to those people and get them to come in and help me with those things. So. I prioritize my day-to-day -day tasks and it's like which are most important. So definitely just not doing the menial tasks and trying to do things that lead you to going further and faster. Um, was there any hard lessons that you learned when you were coming up through doing that? Um, my boat was going slowly. <laughs> but I will say also you said an aspect that I didn't think would be important. Like maybe it was other people's like professionalism, like posting out my hats with on post, like the amount of times parcels get lost. It's like, okay, I'm gonna set up an account with mailers that will communicate well with me, but it might be more expensive. Just like or people that pay their bills quickly. If I had two different people printing my <clears throat> stickers who pays quicker or who whose quality is better who's better communicating I foc was focusing more on those relationships which made me better it's like I want to pay my bills quickly I want myself to be of quality you're very conscious of like how professional other people are and then in turn in return you step your own game up yeah, delegate it's delegation for a lot of it. it it seems to be becoming really important like imagine Alice there's a lot of Organi organizational things that come with photography as well, which is primarily a creative practice. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of file management, which is uh, not very sexy, but um, yeah, it, it's important because if you don't have an archive, you know, I, I get asked sometimes to resend things or even just for myself, it, it's it's the body of your work. So to be able to go back and I'm really shit at keeping tear sheets and, and that kind of stuff. So I really wish I had somebody to do that, but maybe, maybe in the future. But I'd say even for directing, there's loads of just writing files because I work with so many other people that I need to be able to give them the fence uh, to, to work with. I don't want to tell them exactly what to do, but I need to tell them kind of what the boundary is. So I find myself just writing loads of uh, stuff. I don't think it's very good, but hopefully just communicating. There's, there's loads of emailing and making sure everyone's like happy. It's very important. Was that something that you picked up quickly, or did it take you, take you a while to get your head around that? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I think it's a necessity. It be, like when you're directing, when you start to get more people working on it, that's the fear of God is showing up and that something's wrong. So the, the, how I kind of stem my, I think Bong Joon-ho said that he, he uh, storyboards everything and not because he wants to control it all, it's because he wants to uh, like calm his anxiety and I definitely want to calm that for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, like sort of coming back to the idea of teams, like for example, in music, you know, like a musician's lawyer can actually be one of their best networking tools. And before you get into it, you might not know that. Is there maybe any other unexpected allies or like gatekeepers maybe in the illustration game that have helped you, Fuchsia, that you wouldn't have expected for? Um, I think all the kind of graphic design angle galleries around, like say here and Damn Fine Print and Hang Tough and stuff have all been great. That's like, kind of what forms a big part of the community I think is being part of group shows or responding to open calls and getting in and knowing people that way and then that can lead to doing more things with them. Yeah I think engaging in community is so important. What sort of ways do you do that as well Fatboy? I find it so weird calling you Fatboy in front of everyone. Yeah it's tough do you know what I mean? Like because I have a nice name the name is nice do you know what I mean? We won't say a name but it's nice, nice name. 
It's a secret name. Yeah, it's a secret name. But uh, well, so, uh, how how well how do you engage with with the wider community of music? Hilariously, do you know what I mean? Nah, I just uh, just try to be sound, try to be sound. Like the good thing about the the Balaclava is like you can sniff out who's stuck up real easy. Do you get what I mean? Because I'll go around and I'll just be myself. Like I'm the most normalest young fella on the planet. Do you get what I mean? So if I come up and I'm talking to you and then like. I don't know, you're kind of fobbing me off because you think I'm just some smack bag that's after walking in off the road. And then like, I turn around and I'm like, yeah, I'm actually headlining the gig, do you know what I mean? So then they look like wallies. So, like, you never know who you're talking to. So, you never know. Like, we're all bare bums in the shower at the end of the day. We know that, don't we? No, genuinely, like, I'm, I'm being honest with you, do you know what I mean? We're all bare bums in the shower. And just as quickly as you came up, the rope can be pulled out from underneath you. You'd be left with nothing, do you know what I mean? So, like, you make it your business to be sound or the world will fall in on top of you, do you know what I mean? Was there, any, did, was there any, like, pockets online or in real life, in real life experiences that you were finding potential listeners and fans quite frequently? Uh, yeah, like, everywhere but fucking home. No one, like, even me family and all that, like, that music is sure you have no interest in that. Because anyone who doesn't know the band, we play, like, jazzy stuff and there's a lot of, like, improv and, like, solos and like there's a big emphasis on playing and then when we do production like it's a big emphasis on like trying to push whatever we don't have a lot of equipment but the equipment we do have we try to push it as hard as we can to get what i mean so like me nanny would be like turn that shit off not a hope are we listening to that um but like in over the south side of dublin like there's loads of weird music going on like obviously you have rory sweeney and all that doing like mad like detroit rap and like rory, rory does everything you get what i mean but so like then when we started doing shows in the Sugar Club and we were able to play, like we are all of them people's bands. So we played, we were a backing band from Anjole, Abby Kilabali, Tamika, uh, Femi, Kaki Kid, The Carteray, uh, who else? Jaja, uh, Ahmed with Love. We did some Rory tunes as well. We did Kylie Noble. We played, we played, played with everyone. Do you get what I mean? And uh, like it seemed like they actually fucking cared about what we were doing. So like that's that's where we found it. Do you get what I mean? That's all just from like. Walkmans, that's it's a bang of Walkmans out there, isn't it? I never go to Walkmans, but I know that that's where they all, that's where their bread's buttered. Yeah, there, there's something to be said for sort of like collaboration and like if you're working with people who are similarly minded, you know the product and the and the music that's coming out is going to be good, but also you're very likely going to have similar fans. You're going to have people that are going to be interested. Uh, yeah, in, like in it's both. all the same people come to all the same shows. I think like there is like a little bit of a difference between maybe the people who come to air shows, we get a lot of sweaty elfless. We get a lot... No, seriously, we get some sweaty elfless. Do you know what I mean? And they'll burn the air off you if you let them. Do you know what I mean? They get a few points into them. And they'll still keep you there. Do you know what I mean? You'd book that taxi early, if you want me. Seriously. But anyways, then they, they, they get, like, young kill people. Do you know what I mean? And then when we're lucky, some young kill people come to air gigs then as well. Do you know what I mean? If I'm lucky. What about you, Rachel? Um, where did you find people that were potentially interested in what you were doing? How were you, how were you seeking that, that out, or was that coming to you? As a customer. Customer? Yeah, yeah. well, even just fans of your work. Um, definitely social media. Like, oh my God, does that give you access to people that you wouldn't have? Um, so social media has been huge for me. Because, like, I would spend a lot of my time in my studio. It's different for, like, you. You'll be please meeting like-minded people at gigs. Like, my craft is, like, the work at the sewing machine. Did you say Minecrafter? (laughs) (laughs) My craft. Just making sure. 
Um, so like me grafting is at home alone on at the studio or at my sewing machine. Like I, you know what I mean. I can't do what I do around other people. So it's definitely been heavy on social media. How you specifically? How are you doing it on social media though? Because you know, quite often you'll speak to people and it's like, oh, get your name out, be posting content, content, content. But like, what does that actually mean? And how are you? Like, how are you doing that? Um, two things I'll say is. Because now they, they've switched up the algorithm, so it's a lot less easy to be, uh, your posts to be seen by people that don't already follow you. So, because Instagram didn't want to keep making people millionaires without them benefiting financially, so they switched up the algorithm, and TikTok is following. Um, so basically, the obvious things are influencers, people that already have the followers pre the algorithm going harder is... Uh, getting them in hats or getting them to talk about your brand or the second thing is like don't underestimate pr like uh irish newspapers television radio like if i'm contacted by one of them a lot of the time i don't want to do it they're asking me questions uh, that aren't relevant maybe they haven't done their research uh, maybe I feel like shit and I don't want to go to a, book a taxi or a, get in a dart to go to a radio office but I do it um, anyway because I've seen that you'll get an influx of followers or just people that wouldn't have listened to you before that will listen to you or someone that wouldn't have purchased the hat because uh, they just saw you on social media but all of a sudden they read about you it, it validates it for them or they heard you on the radio so I once I started to see that that was a huge benefit to my career I like I hired a PR manager to like not only accept things that were coming in and manage that but also to like aggressively <laughs> promote me that way so um people that already have the following and like local PR for sure yeah can we ask a question do you Say if you're in an interview and the person interviewing you hasn't a fucking clue, do you make it your business to just like take the piss out of them? Uh, like just be as ditzy and as unhelpful as you possibly can. No, uh, sometimes you like, should. I, I, I won't say because he's like very well known. He's a presenter on RTE. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's not him. What do no, you no. mean it's not him? No, it's it you was, don't it know why I'm laughing. Okay. <laughs> I thought we were, so you're reading my mind. No, it's like a radio presenter on RTE, and he asked me, "Do my hats poo?" Because he said they look like little teddy bears. Do they? Do they poo? It's a funny question, though. No. So Does I'm, he also do TV or? No. Did he ask you if your fridge was running? I don't understand. That's a niche <laughs> joke. That's a real niche joke. Yeah. Niche? What? Is your fridge running? You better go catch it. No. Oh, sorry. Okay, we don't have that one right. over this side of Dublin. No. That's only a mug off. Right, look, whatever. Explain it, then. Yeah, that's the thing about jokes. The more you explain them, the more people laugh. Do you know what I mean? So you should double They laugh. It's okay, they laugh. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm being a dickhead. But yeah, no, I think no, you should. No, my only technique is to, like, uh, say he's asking me about, do my hats shit? I didn't want to answer, <laughs> so therefore, I just started talking about something I did want to talk about. Like, I, like, literally straight up ignored him and was like, so anyway, back to how Doja Cat wore my hats. Oh, like, and it was live radio. Yes, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and I think everyone that contacted me after was like, what the fuck was he talking about? But I think that he did it a few times to like undermine me. It's like, I've got dressed up. I brought my product in here. And you're asking me, do they take a poo? So I just then directed the conversation to like, how am I going to make a sale from the person that's listening? Yeah. Yeah. So basically just ignore and proper, say like, what you want to talk about. Like, 
together. You have it figured <laughs> out. I like seriously respect you for that, man. I just prioritize making myself laugh so much more. Because <laughs> like, ask me if your hat's peel. It's a bad. It's a bad one. That's a bad one, yeah. isn't it? We can all agree there. That's a bad one. It's another man. What 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 could you said? What could you said to make you laugh? Like say if you're in an interview and. No, I know that I'm getting away from the... I'm just curious, right? You shut the fuck up. Get these kicked out of here, man. These are making me laugh. Say if someone was interviewing you, yeah? Like, what would be a good way to, like, responsibly get a laugh out of you? You know what I mean? Have the interview be, like, funny to listen to. Yeah. If he made a funny joke. Damn. That's yeah, a lot of responsibility. Yeah. running, then... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, you're talking about, like, PR and doing these interviews and things that you didn't necessarily want to do. Fuchsia, was there any, like, necessary evils you had that helped your career? Uh, I think the more, like, public speaking you do, the better it is for yourself because you have to... It's almost like a mini-therapy. You have to work out why you do the thing. Johnny's thing. getting his fix tonight. Why you want to do say? But, like, so the more you work out, like how you present yourself to some someone, the more you have to justify what you do to yourself. So when you have to go, oh, I have to sum up what I do in a few lines, that's helpful for yourself as well as getting your name out there, like as well as, you know, getting in publications or whatever. So it kind of, it all works in your favour, even though it's kind of a bother and can be stressful. What, what about paid versus unpaid work? When When is it okay to do unpaid work, if ever? Ah. If no one's profiting off you. I think that would be, you know, if no one in the, in the, if everyone's doing out of love and you believe it, then fair enough. You know, it's not necessarily evil then. But if someone else is profiting from your unpaid work, then that's a whole different ballgame. What, what about Grind Zero early days of your career and you get offered a decent opportunity, but it's not up to scratch the offer? Is there is there a time you think that can be worth it to do it? Well, if you accept something that is, you know, less than minimum wage for yourself, then you're making that the standard for everyone. You're going, oh, someone's going to accept it. So someone else doesn't get a proper, like, yeah, so you like for a gig or anything. You have to hold the lines, you know what I mean? Yeah. We all have to be in it. All for one, one for all. It yeah. doesn't work what it was. So you're doing it for everyone else as well as yourself. And it also feels really good to say, no, that's not oh, enough yeah, money or like, you know, banging, yeah. still being really polite, oh, but just not. like, I can't, I have to pay my bills. I can't do this. That was yesterday's price. This is today's price. <laughs> it's, it's scary to say no at the beginning, but people actually respect you. You think that people are going to stop hiring you, but actually the, the, when I started saying no, people were like, oh, okay. Right. Or you just go like, <laughs> hey, this is my fee. Like there it is on the table. Yeah, exactly. Pay me. I want my money. Do you think learning to talk about money is important? Um, like, I definitely got burnt early on, on by not asking how much I was getting paid for something. And oh, just yeah, like, oh, I'm doing it, this because yeah. it's so cool. Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck? You after you've brilliant. done so much work. Yeah. <laughs> you got to just go straight in with the money. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. even just uh, the other day, we were, we we're working with a label on something. And I was like, we have to do money first. Because if we get attached to something that's going to be really fun and cool, and then you tell me that you've got ten tenor, like... You know, it's not going to be it's a good devastating. time. We're going to have to have an, a really awful conversation. Let's get this out of the way now. And we know where our kind of boundaries are. So yeah. it's super important. Yeah, it's a big first thing. And it's way more normal to bring it up first than not bring it up. I think it's I've done mad, that like, as well and left it too late. It's real anti-Irish though, isn't it? To be like going like, where's my thing that you owe me if I don't the work that I did for you? Isn't it? It's like you feel yeah. weird like going like, yeah, actually, hold on a minute. Do you get what I mean? Because you'd be like, oh no, that's grand. I'll just do everything and then I'll go home. 
and we, that's why that's why you normally do. Do you know what I mean? Even when you're like in, like in jobs or whatever like that, it takes literally. It, it would take walking in a warehouse or walking in like a a cafe or whatever like that because them managers will ride you like sea biscuit if you don't turn around and say, "Here, hang on a fucking minute." You our, need to get in the habit of doing it, you know what I mean? Our society is amazing at shaming us for having a creative job. And I think it's not shameful. I used to just, like, on a day off, I would sit at my desk and, like, try and do something because I felt like I had to work. Because I felt like I had to, do, like, break my fucking back. But that's not true. I mean, you have to work at it. But I think there is a mentality that hopefully is changing now that you have to be this in this inside these walls or else you're not a you know you're not an aid to the society which is just not true so two two questions like one what does a normal working week look for you and then two how do you create those important boundaries because i imagine it's not all nine to five i finish in the evening and that's it yeah for me uh, uh if i'm not on a job i can get up when i like but i try and Keep it before 11 a.m. It's my cut off. I feel like a real slug if I get up. Yeah, but you, love, you love getting up at three in the day, though, don't you? Uh, well, actually, you no. <laughs> getting up at three in the day, chowing a bit of toast on, and just sitting there with just shorts on. <laughs> but that's why that's that's another like it's it's also great. That's one of that's the great. That's the 15 hour tens of pros. That's the ultimate maneuver. That's what we're all here for, really. But then on the when other side of it, it, on the other side of it, getting up at like four or five in the morning for a job, you know. But the, the, those few days sort of balance out at the 3 p.m.s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, getting up mad early for a job is a heartbreak, yeah. It's devastating. <laughs> <laughs> it's just talking from the heart, fellas. <laughs> um, yeah, Rachel, how, how, I imagine you're working by yourself quite a lot, you know, creating um, the hats and stuff. How, how do you distinguish, like, a healthy work-life balance so that you're not just sitting by the sewing machine by yourself working away all the time? Um, I'm re like nowadays I'm rarely alone. I have a few people working f with me for me in the studio, but like I don't see it as unhealthy when it's mine. Like it's my business. I signed up for this, so there's no time of day and there's no day of the week that I won't answer an email or a text or an opportunity that comes in, like. If I see message requests coming in, like, sorry to the people I didn't reply to, but I'm looking at those quicker, almost, because they're the opportunities that are coming in. So even if I'm on a night out and I'm using one eye, I don't see that as unhealthy because, uh, like, it's my passion and that's what I signed up for. Yeah. So I don't have, like, I don't see it as, like, st strict that I need a balance. Like, I take Sundays off. Mm. Sundays off is a show, yeah. Yeah, that that's about it. And like, uh, I, I think almost my, like the people that work with me now in my studio keep me in check. Like there's some days you spend so much time like making cups of tea and like convincing yourself to do things. But now that I have people working for me, it's like more, even more structured than it would have been. Like you said, sitting there on the sewing machine, it's even more structured now. Cause I have to show up for them. I have to like, uh, bring the energy i have to She's the say, yeah i have to say what's going on for the day so yeah. like i'm thankful to them because like that means my day is like way more way more is going on um yeah future how, how, how do you uh balance work and and the rest of your life uh, well for ages i shared a studio with friends who were all doing like different but similar things which is really nice because you get to like bounce ideas off each other and then you know you don't feel like you're in an office or anything. You're just having a nice time doing drawings in a room with your friends. Um, 
But uh, now, like, I don't work at weekends, but like, I really do enjoy doing like the odd, really late night. Like, and I think maybe all of us would because when you really like love what you're doing, when sometimes you're you manic. get on a roll, you yeah. just have yeah, to man. go with it, and you have to cancel a plan. But it's not. Not that you should feel obligated to do that, but you should kind of take those opportunities when you have them and just like go with it and you end up making something that you're really happy with and it's worth it sometimes. When when for you is is it the moment to let go of an idea if it's not working? If you're if you're up late doing that, when when do you draw the line? Oh, I think like if I have an actual if it's a deadline for something else, I'll just make it work. And then if it's just for me at like when it's like eighty five percent good and I can't make it work, I'll just give up on it. And I have so <laughs> many things that are there. Yes. And I, <laughs> yeah. Love that. Show that but, in the beam. <laughs> Get that out here. See you later. But if someone was like, I need that by tomorrow, you know, even if it was just for an exhibition, some bit different bit of my brain will engage. I'm like, okay, there's yeah. no stopping it's until this is good, which now, I yeah. need. I need people to like make me do the thing. Done is better than perfect. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, and and fat boy, what sort of habits do you have as part of your do you, like as part of your routine during the week to make sure you get shit done? I actually now I have a later routine. I went from sniffing the bike to hitting the bike. I'm trying to flat out the last one, nearly nine months old. So like now I like get up and like I'll eat, I'll eat some nice nutritious yogurt. Know what I mean? Just different things, you know what I mean? And then I'll have, like, dinner proper dinner. Down to the field. I'm three days off the field. This is harder than getting rid of drugs, is getting rid of Shoyfield. It actually is. Because the field is handy, do you know what I mean? And it's like the drink, like, everyone thinks like the drink is a laugh and a joke. And it is to, to a certain point. But, like, Shoyfield, no one's even talking about this, bro. Do you know what I mean? Them Doritos stick in the trauma triangle. Do you know what I mean? You'll be in rag all that you keep eating them. So, yeah, get up, have breakfast. Go, sort music bit, just do admin stuff. I'm, I'd be the same as yourself, I just do admin stuff like all the time. Um, like, it's it got a bit hectic now the last year, I'm after relaxing a bit, but certainly like when it was getting started, I did everything, even down to like trying to get the Instagram about this. So like me, I used to just comment on like random videos all day long on Instagram, like thousands, thousands, just copy Did paste. it actually work? Copy paste, it actually worked well. Cause when we went into lockdown, we only had 200 followers, but coming out we had 2000. Because I was just sweaty, man. Like, I just kept doing it, you know what I mean? Um, so, commenting, oh, hey, man, this video is, is sick, man. We need to collab. And then I just, like, that that sounds unethical, and it is. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, what you're doing there is, like, doing something that's a bit wrong because you want something. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's what you're kind of doing. So, anyway. Huh? Have you got any ethical life hacks? <laughs> <laughs> What you mean, like? <laughs> One that don't like, melt the head off someone. Like how, like boy heels. Well, like, is it, would you, would you like now carpent? Uh, would you like stick to a time in the morning for doing the admin or anything? Would you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah religiously, yeah. No, no, I don't. But I, what I do is, I get up. Uh, I just try and make sure I get eight hours, and then if I get me eight hours, then I know I'll be able to get up. I'll be able to like answer all the DMs that I need to answer, or like sort all the things that I need to sort, and I'll be able to go to training. And then, like, obviously, I try not getting to my nanny then as well, and just make sure everything's fresh there. So, so long as I get like music done, oh, and I practice as well. Like, I'm, I'm teaching myself piano now at the minute. Um, so I try and make sure that I practice like 20 minutes guitar, 20 minutes piano, 20 minutes I say singing, but I always put it off and just go like watch TikTok or something. You know what I mean? Uh, that's why I'm sure you're singing. But uh, so long as I can get all that done, it's actually mad chaotic to be honest. It's not organized at all. But I know in my head, I'll be like, I need to go and do that. So I'll do it. 
Yeah, and I think like when we're looking on social media and like I can see on, on your stories and stuff, you're playing guitar every day and all, and yeah. you know it can just look like people are just using all their time to work on their craft and stuff. But I imagine there were points where you know you're working two jobs, working a job, doing this. How do you balance both? How do you do both? Because that's a reality this is for the a lot trick. of people. Now, look, I'll, tell, I'll give you a step. You don't. There's no like that's that's made up. Like that doesn't happen. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's like if you if you really want to do it. Like, the fella who says he can and the fella who says he can't, they don't normally write. Do you know what I mean? Do you understand what I'm saying? Just how, if, you, if you're walking, like, for me, it was, like, 60 hours a week, and it actually did. It damaged me playing a lot, do you know what I mean? Like, and then when I came back, I felt like I was playing catch-up. But, like, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. If you just hang in there and you just keep walking in, 10 minutes on a metronome, the only difference between, like, have you ever played guitar before? No, 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 not well, but have you played it before? Were you? Who's your favourite guitarist? Who's who's your favourite guitarist? Off the top of your head. Shite in the bucket. Right. What's <laughs> who's your favourite guitar? Let's just take I don't know, Jimi Hendrix, right? Everyone knows Jimi Hendrix, right? The only difference between you and Jimi Hendrix, just particularly on the guitar, is actually an amount of minutes that you could count. Do you get what I mean? So if you if you spend ten minutes today, ten minutes tomorrow, ten minutes for the next week, you're seventy minutes closer to playing like Jimi Hendrix than you were before. That's like a f- that's that's countable. People like to make up like, uh, guitar, singing, piano, whatever business, whatever it is that you're trying to learn. I know it seems like insurmountable when you're walking, you get up, but your shift doesn't start until two o'clock, and then you get home at two o'clock in the morning, and like it feels like you can't do it. You can. It's just about consistency. Get the small little tiny thing that you can down. I know I'm like pure eyeballing you. We're in this now. Fella right? doesn't even play but guitar. Just the two, two, two minutes. If you even if you can get two minutes, you're two minutes better. You're two minutes better. And I'd rather be cause cause them two minutes are gonna pass. Ten years are gonna pass. Would you rather not have something concrete at the end of them ten years? Cause the time is you're gonna get older either way. So you may as well just like start investing in yourself now, bros. You now what's your name? Joe, you're welcome. That, <laughs> that was so inspirational. I just come I'm in any time. <laughs> Ten minutes a day. Ten minutes, that's all it fucking takes. You know what I mean? It, how long does it take you to take a cock in the morning? Twenty? It takes twenty. It takes twenty minutes. It's like ten to do the business and then the next ten you spend preparing yourself to like get up off the toilet. So I, mean, I can't even remember the question, but I know you. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna get guitar lessons after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get everyone in the audience gets guitar lessons. Um, I think it's true though. No one comes out fully formed, and ev- all of us probably have been doing our own things and working for ourselves quietly, and it's all shit for like at least five years before you. Put That's what happens. Yeah, or yeah. you can put it out into the world and it's shit, and no one remembers it, so it's fine. Exactly. Just no, keep yeah. doing it. Yeah. I'm doing. You know what I mean? Fucking. And you couldn't get to the later point without doing all the earlier stuff. And there's no, like, big hack in yeah. how to make things. You just have to keep on doing it for and ages don't make and ages. Thing of starting tomorrow. Don't ever make a thing of starting tomorrow. And I don't mean this. I seriously do mean this. Whatever it comes down to, like, if you need to get sober, if you want to practice doing guitar, if you want to, like, whatever the fuck you want to do, do you get what I mean? Don't make a thing of starting tomorrow. I know that there's people in this crowd right now who are listening to me, and they're like, oh, well, on Monday I'm going to start making bands do you know what I mean start making bands tonight <laughs> tonight yeah, leave right now to tonight you bands. need to make them do you know what I mean the, the, the best time to start doing something was yesterday second best time right now this minute so on your way you know what I mean <laughs> I think I think something that can be really intimidating is just if you go into a new craft or a new industry and it just seems insurmountable there's so much new information you have to take in have any of you had a mentor or someone that's been able to guide you? Because I feel like that's kind of 
a bit of a, a hack to even just feel more comfortable doing something? I think um, I haven't had any like long term long term mentor or the other way around, but I've gone for coffee at people and I've also done it the other way around. And that's a really nice way of, you know, you're not taking up too much time from someone. But if anyone has asked me, like, can I just meet you for half an hour and buy you a coffee and pick your brain? That's actually so much easier on your brain because you know how much time you're giving away so just ask people that and if they say no or they ignore you then it's fine but I, you're not trying to get too much from them everyone's been helped so everyone yeah. wants to help the next person uh, like I think we've all had someone give us at least just one piece of advice or yeah, yeah said the right thing and, and that's it like sends you on your way so yeah Gotcha. I would say that's definitely one of the best pieces of advice, is the, of advice from this is to just go out and meet people and like reach out because a lot of the time people do and will will speak to you and will have a coffee with you and there's so many opportunities you can get from that so many great relationships you can form um and yeah like you you've been on tour with maverick saber recently yeah, yeah um how was that because he's he's been doing his thing for a long time uh yeah i have like i didn't have a mentor like in music yeah but he's kind of turning into one like we got fucking. I don't, am I allowed to say this? I'm gonna say it. There's no NDAs, but we got signed, yeah. We yeah. Got you. By George Smith's label. So we got. Uh, yeah, yeah, good joke. <laughs> and I give us another announcement. So there's we we're, we're making it. We're working on an EP. We got signed for an EP. Like we already had it. Like fairly. I don't know if I played it for you, did I? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and it's it. There's heavy stuff in there. You know what I mean? Like we, we had a mad upbringing, and like I got to interview my mom about like why certain things happened the way they did, and like loads of good music, and I was written, and then like. Michael is his name, Mika I call him, and Mika Tempo, turn up the tempo, yeah, he, uh, he's been helping us out big time, do you know what I mean, do you know uh, how it started was, this was when I was still on the drink, I was on the drink with this fella over here, and uh, he was playing, this is how sound this fella is, Yeah, we, he was playing in the academy, and he turns around and goes, ask him to, can we play the academy, and I was fucking leathered over here, and I was, I was, saying, I was like, Come on, let's open up the academy there, bro. Still, And he texts back, he goes, Oh, yeah, man, that sounds good. And then we've just been friends ever since, you know what I mean? And he explained all the things because he went through something with Universal where he got signed for a big amount of money. And, like, he hasn't earned anything off Lonely at the Breath. He still hasn't earned a penny off it, you get what I mean? He's earned stuff off other things. So he's trying to basically like, protect me and the boys from that happening to us then as well. And, like, he has a lot of faith in us. And he's, and even, like, he. One of the first people who we played the like EP for was him, and like he was able to like give us like little tips. I've seen him. Do you know what? With the sometimes it's not what they say; it's how they carry themselves. I, I was I was in the studio there, and I'm a big fan of the Talking Bollocks podcast. He's not a Talking Bollocks podcast. Terence and Calvin, they've they've seen us play a few times now, and I've met the boys and stuff like that. Uh, but they make me very nervous. They make me very nervous because like to me, like what they're doing is really important. So it's hard for me to not be like. Balls, do you know what I mean? But uh, they came up to the studio. Just I wasn't expecting it. Maverick came up to the studio. I meant to do a song with him, but then he brought them. I shot myself. I was literally as useful as a chocolate dildo. Do you know what I mean? I was sitting there just melting on the couch, right? And I was meant to go in and sing. I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't. I could barely get a note out. This fella, right, comes in. Track is playing. And he's just like da 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 da, and I'm like he's like talk. He's like, oh yeah, you're gonna do this and I do that sound. Da 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 da, and he's keep down. He goes in. Goes, Roy, play the track from the start. Bomb. Wax out a take. He's like, Roy, uh, set it up again. Bomb. Layered it. He's like, Roy, set it up again. Bomb. Layered it again. Can you bring us in on the hook? Bomb. Laid the hook down. Everything was usable. He didn't say one thing that wasn't usable. And I was like, I am a shit cunt. 
Right, do you know what I mean? Because all the mad stuff was going on and he just was there to do business and there's like that shows you the fella's been in sessions with fucking Niall Rogers and like you know what I mean? Obviously like George Smith is a fucking superstar as well and like they do work together and it like really showed me how much work I actually have to fucking deal with, you know what I mean? And then in terms of like going around and like just chilling with him. Like when we were over in London doing that tour, the fella he didn't he come up, he came up every single day he came up. I was like, how are you getting on? Just need a bit of drink, just need a bit of smoke, just want to know where to get filled, just need to know what this is, just need to know what the other is. Every single day, the whole time we were in London, we spent the whole time with him and his team. The fella from the label came up, visited us when he was in the studio, had to listen to the different bits that we were doing. Uh, they put us up in the studio. Like, that's the closest thing I've ever got to a mentor, but like, as far as stuff like that goes, like, you can't say fucking fair than that, sure you can't. Like, that's good. You know what I mean? Sound fella, Maverick Saber we're talking about there. Yeah, he's legendary, he's a good man. That uh, reminds me of assisting, basically, because you see how people present themselves to, like, client or who they're working with and all that stuff, and the kind of the professionality of what you have to do when you're working at that, like, high level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just switch it on. doesn't matter what's going on. You just got to, well, you know. Yeah. I asked him about it, and he said, like, that's just, like, a state of mind that we go into, do you know what I mean, where he's, like, right. Like he, he, he wasn't even in the room when he was doing that. Neither was Terrence or Calvin, do you get what I mean? He, he finished doing the Talking Bollocks podcast, and then came with them to the studio and then banged that out. And like, he goes, I couldn't sing two notes, you know what I mean? Scared. Literally, like, I was raw red. I was going purple. Going purple. I looked like Larry the Lobster. I was just so embarrassed and shy, but not him. He just fucking smashed it out of it, you know what I mean? Rachel, was there any moments you or mentors that you had um, that you were able to get advice from? Uh, I think with me, with the main mentor, well, I have a lot of people uh, helping me. I think that was most important is that they were not in the fashion industry. They were not in my family. They were not a friend. They were very... It was this guy, Michael, also. Uh, he, he was detached from, like, the emotional side of it. Uh, he was detached from knowing how hard it is to work with Fofur or knowing how many hours a hat takes. He didn't care about that stuff. Like, if I was getting advice from people that know how to sew, it was, like, sculpted by, like, oh, but do you not think you should use this material or do that? And if it was my family, it was, like, don't spend that much money there or don't take that risk. Um, so it was important for me to find someone that was detached from everything in that area. He was just thinking way bigger than anyone around me. Uh, he works in Google. He tries to help young, uh, small businesses in Google. Uh, it was important I found a mentor like him about everything I was bad at, like technology, Google ads, business, finances. So it was finding someone to counteract what I was bad at, but also detached from like the nitty gritty and um, didn't care about how hard it was every day. Like, I was nervous to talk to him. He took me out of my comfort zone. Like, I don't think it should be, like, comfortable to ha have a mentor. It's someone that scares you. It's someone that pushes you out of your comfort zone. It's someone like, oh, God, like, you know, so uh, for that was it. it in general, should there be a certain level of uncomfortableness that just exists when, you're, when yeah, you're doing absolutely. this? absolutely, yeah. You need to be looking for that, you know what I mean? Um, like... That's an awful habit to be in, like just being comfortable all the time. Terrible place to be, do you get what I mean? Um and as 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 much as much hard shit as you can put yourself through through do you know what I mean? And, and have it be on your terms, you know what I mean? Have it be on your terms. Cause life life is a fight, you're gonna get put up against it whether you like it or not, do you know what I mean? So you may as well be like, right, well, if I'm gonna get let it out of it, I'd like to be let it out of it this way. You know what I mean? Um 
if we switch to some more practical tips as well for people, is there is there anything to be said about diversifying future and having maybe some other 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 bits that you're doing? Um. Well, for me, there'd be there'd be a few different threads of what I do, like this commercial things, and then there's like small editorial jobs, then there's prints for myself. But then when I have those and I sell them in shops, that's like royalties, you know, that you just kind of make money from that passively, which is really nice. So once you have your fingers in a few pies, it's definitely it's also like nice for your brain because you could have one big long like mural project that takes a few months and you know, there's loads of people involved in making the decisions and then you can just do something for yourself that you get that little burst of satisfaction to kind of keep you sane all along the way. Yeah, is, is there something to be said to be working um, in different roles as well where you might be doing similar things? So, for example, you could be assistant on something, but you could also be a director another day. Do you, do you find that that really elevated your practice? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, um, well, first, working as assistant, like, fucking humbles you. Mm. I was the bitch's bitch for... <laughs> good number of years <laughs> you feel good when you get your own job then but um i think now directing and photography i find that they're quite similar because it's all people and uh i definitely find that like uh, the directing jobs take a couple of months usually from pitching to to, to post-production and then a photography job like i just got one yesterday that'll be shot next week and be finished the week after so th these small things can kind of fill in the, the gaps between the longer term kind of more bigger team things you know so i definitely find that it's great like it, it keeps me from getting sick of either one uh, specifically and and yeah fingers in pies it's very important <laughs> nice one bro yeah good man that's good I don't know how I feel about that was that. a genuine laugh <laughs> that tickled me pickle <laughs> not good, even trying to be funny <laughs> okay oh, i'm just talking about that now no 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 um later later what uh like is there is there something to be said as well for like when there's obviously going to be waves like peaks and troughs how do you keep motivated when you're in a downturn creatively or financially to be really transparent i find oh sorry go on no, Kill you know. no, you know. oh just i always have all the good ideas when i'm really busy and then when i have the free time i like it's so much harder to make yourself do the thing but then when you have like a really really busy time like, oh, i wish i had the free time to do all these good ideas in my head so that's not advice at all <laughs> i think that um it's not even like a direct answer to the question but like for me overall it's been a decision not to quit so I think that every other month there's been reasons to quit and there's been so many disheartening situations. There's been people that have fucked me over. Uh, there's been reasons fi financially, creatively, uh, I felt at dead ends. But it's it was a decision that I was doing this. So then the day-to-day, -day, what was happening day-to-day -day wasn't what was deciding whether or not I kept going. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, oh, if it was a bad day, if that person fucks me over. Oh, well. It, it, like, it, it meant that the day-to-day -day situations didn't have control over me because I have committed. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep doing this. Like, I'm committing to what I want. So um, it's like a decision you have to make. If you, you know what it's one... If you if you know what it's what you want to do, you'll know. Mm. So just commit to it. It's definitely not gonna be easy. So just like keep going and don't let like the day to day failures like guide how you do it. Um, I was definitely told by a lot of people early on that I'm sure me and Future probably similar way that all the jobs come in waves and then there's a big gap and then they all and I'm like are you guys like talking to each other and all emailing me at once? Yeah. But it'll happen that way and now. 
I think I always knew that, but I, I, the jobs would stop and I'd be like, okay, well, this is it. This yeah. is the end. I'm, Tesco, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. <laughs> I'm coming home. <laughs> but the belief to know that it's going to come back and sure, there's yeah. other, you know, you can always go back to the job, but just to hold on. And, just and you get wait. a full yeah. refund on all your misery before. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You get all that back. Do you know what I mean? So you may as well chance your arm. You know what I mean? You may as well chance your arm and like never, ever, 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 ever quit anything ever. Not even once. Don't even compromise little small things. You know what I mean? When it comes to something that you want to do. Don't. You know what I mean? Because them little small compromises, they add up. You don't need that. You know what I mean? You need to just go and do what you need to do and then that's it. Yeah. And there's, there's like, you're talking about opportunities and stuff there. And like, obviously there's a finite amount in Ireland. So when it comes to that stage in your career and you're looking to spread beyond there, um, what are some really uh, practical ways that you can do that? Because... You know, a lot of people are leaving, but do you have to? Can you can you still be here and can you still do stuff and come back? I'm currently negotiating that. I lived in London for about two years, but fuck that. <laughs> it wasn't for London's me. London's tough, man. Yeah, London's it's hard, it's, bro. And yeah. them crowds as well, like they're not there to fucking give you the leg up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a it's a real. They want to know what race. you can do. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I'm currently trying to get an agent over there so I can be here and do one big job because I found that I have clients from there who ask me to be the Irish guy. So actually, there's there's sort of a there's a there's a power to having a niche as well. But uh, what I used to do was I I just set I wouldn't book any flights yet in case nobody replied to me. But I book like. <clears throat> like a few days in a week, like a month away or half a month away and email everyone that I wanted to meet going, I'll be in London then if you want to meet me. And I put in all the dates and then if I had at least two, I'd book it and then just stay with my friends. And that's cheap, you know. What's your name, bro? Elias. Johnny, bro. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. She, she, we, I tried to fist bump her earlier on, right? But she insisted on the open palm. Give that a fail there. Isn't that's that nice. That's not, no, what do you mean? Nice. Nice and like a... <laughs> like a warm car that everyone's breathing in. <laughs> the bus to school in the morning. Did you ever get the condensation on the bus to school in the morning? Okay, you 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 can't be so hard on yourself. You gotta be gotta be nice to yourself. That's another big lesson. Don't don't be hard on yourself. Thanks, that was a nice man. handshake. Thanks, I, like I appreciate that. that. What's it? You liked it? It was it's a good handshake. The bit of seasoning. <laughs> the extra. Well, don't tell me that. <laughs> the extra. The pesto. <laughs> Help it go down a bit easier. Sorry, folks. Anyway. Okay, hi- hand hygiene very important these days. Sorry, lads. <laughs> <laughs> just going to the toilet. Fuchsia, <laughs> uh, did you have any um, advice about, you know, stretching beyond Ireland and getting your work further out there? Uh, I've you had a fake, fake trip to London as well. As Elliot's like, oh, I'm going to be around, meet you for coffee. And then that worked and makes you seem a little bit less odd. Like, I'll come over to see you if you say yes. <laughs> um, but I have an agent now who's in Australia and America and London. So, like, that really covers all my non-Ireland things, which is really nice. And they do my invoices for me and everything. Oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> also, hilariously, the minute you work outside of Ireland or you're perceived to work outside of Ireland, everyone here wants you. <laughs> it's hilarious. They go, oh, well, you, now you're valuable. Yeah, now you're special. You're like, literally, in America. Two, two months ago, not getting the time of day and then now suddenly you're perceived to be a bit more exotic or something. Or, so just, or Brandon. I'd say I'd say you're quite exotic, bro. Thank you. Like I am mixed what, race. So yeah, what, I, I actually, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fucking pulling it off, lad. Looks fantastic. Thank you so much. Smashing Appreciate it. That. I feel great now. This is nice. No trouble, bro. Um, therapy, therapy. <laughs> Spread that around. So we're, we're coming closer to the end. And before we get on to some questions, I just wanted to get a feeling for like what some of your defining moments were maybe not like the biggest things but something that really reaffirmed for you what you were doing and if there was a moment in the studio if there was 
someone you worked with was was there anyone for you Elias or any project you worked on that really was like okay this is what I'm meant to be doing I think the first time I got I I did a I, I was staying with my friend for Paris Fashion Week. This is years ago, and I decided to. I went for Paris Fashion Week to get some behind this, like backstage work. As the I scoop. Said, well, that's what I wanted to do. What do you say? The scoop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I didn't get the scoop, and no one, no one wanted to hire me. So I went and I photographed all the street style photographers who used to be there, and I got it in days on online. So that was just like, okay, there's a there's a way to do this. So that was in twenty. I don't know, 2013 or something. Fair play, yeah. Thank you so much. And then, um, and then I think the first music video that I did, I just did it offhand. It was my first um, music video. And then I asked Loa's manager, and I didn't know her at the time. And I was like, "Look, I've done this one thing. Could you like? I I love her new album. Can I? Can, could you let me do something with her?" And they gave me a chance. They paid me. It was not very much, but they paid me some money to actually do something. And did you get like was, a proper budget and all? Did you? Uh, I wouldn't call it a proper budget. <laughs> well, did you? Was it more than you had? Oh yeah, it was. It was money to do something with, and I was able yeah. to pay some people and bring some people along. And, and what do was all that like? Your first time with a proper budget? Because we, yeah, we, you know, yeah. we just got budget. And we don't know what to do with it. Bro. <laughs> don't know what to do. With spread it, it around. Spread it around. I don't know. If that sounds like a terrible do. idea. Why are you trying to spread it around? <laughs> Keep it all. That's not how money works. Is that not? I don't know. Ask her. She knows. Spread it to the people you want to work with. That's that's what I do, anyways. Um, but good. yeah, it was it was like confidence that somebody yeah. had in me, even though I don't think they should have. But now it leads to this. So yeah, I think that. Did you ever get things. like a proper big budget? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> that is strong. Damn. Go on, take that one for a spin. Fill us in. Stick the keys in ignition. Let us know. More than one. More than one. <laughs> How did it go? Good. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> in out done. What about you? What's your what's your been your defining moment so far? Say what? What's been your defining moment so far? Uh, oh, I think I do I do think getting signed because like it's the it sounds my cliche but like like my ma has this like mad car case going on and like I was able to come home and like give her a few quid and like that's mad because she I I love my ma yeah like. She's mental, and she like, she would feel that worse, and like she's at, she's after maturing so much, you know what I mean? Like she she was a closet homosexual for years, right? And then she came out, and then she like really came into herself. So now we have like a proper close relationship, you know what I mean? Um, and like I fell out of a job. I was working in Specsavers. I loved it. It was a great job, right? And uh, I got sacked because I was I was on the drink in the job, right? Because that's then that's when I knew I had to like I had an issue and I needed to fucking cop on, you know what I mean? But um when I was trying to stop drinking and stop doing drugs, and I, I started doing it when I was a bleeding child, you know what I mean? And I got in such a habit of doing it. But when I wanted to stop and when I really wanted, because I knew I could do something with the band, I knew it. I really did know in my heart that I could make a work, do you know what I mean? And when I was ready to cop on and grow up, it, like, my ma, she, like, she basically like, just mammied me all over again, do you know what I mean? So then, and, and, and I know in her head, on some level, she had to be thinking, this sap would want to start buying groceries. Do you know what I mean? Do <laughs> you get what I mean? Like, there's only so many half-loafs you can buy before someone starts really doing your tits in, do you know what I mean? And I know that that was in her head. So to be able to come home and be like, Roy, how about this? And, like, I just know that... I know that that means a lot to her right now because of how things are in the gaff, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's amazing, man. I'm um, happy with it, yeah. Rachel, what about you? That's nice. Hands <laughs> closed. What would your defining moment be? Um, I think that was a cut yoke. 
I just feel bad like saying Doja Cat after you're talking about like full lopes for your mother. Nah, take that for a spin, man. That's well cool. I'll be marking the fuckers of Doja Cat. What's the story? Can you put us on to her, can you? I think that anyone else before that had just been like a celebrity mm. and then other people were telling me it 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 felt cool. Whereas uh Doja Cat was the first person that had appreciated my work that I had already appreciated their work. Do you get me? It was such a difference to just other people that I knew were famous. So uh, Doja Cat's someone I've sat at festivals watching her on Instagram live just doing nothing. So Or all of her interviews with um, people on YouTube. I've, I've sat and watched her. I listened to her music. One of my jackets in my final year of co college was called the Doja Jacket. So it ended up being an exact replica of like something I made for her. So I think that was just a huge, for the first time ever, just like a confidence booster. Like, okay, you're doing something right because someone that inspires you has been inspired by your work and wants it. And like she was more enthusiastic than anyone had ever been. Like, fuck you, fuck you. These yeah. hats are the best thing I've ever seen. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, and like uh, no you need one, that though. You need no that. one, no one had ever spoken to me like that. I write handwritten notes for every customer. She said like, "Oh, bitch, I want to frame this handwritten note." Like, "Fuck you!" And like, That's brilliant. no That's one magical. had ever commented on the handwritten note before. Like, they just woman. they open it, they breeze through it, they put the hat on. Like, not only was she talking about the hats, but she wanted to frame the handwritten note. So I, I like that was crazy for me, and I'm forever grateful. Like that she. Ah, that deserves a round of applause, man. That's that's a bad. That's a bad. That's stupid, man. I love those guys. I think it's just validation. That's what yeah. we're all saying. The minute somebody, you, you're you're in a little little tiny room with the lights off for years, and then suddenly Sweating. somebody goes, "Yo, that's uh, that's all right." You go, "Oh, you go, oh. <laughs> okay." Yeah. Do you ever get when someone's complimenting you and you actually get like mad and comfortable? You want them to like go away. <laughs> well, that's the Irish thing. That's the Irish thing. <laughs> that's You're like, oh, I had a great time. That's I, the I thing can't about this, this because I, I I can whip this off and like change into a different tracksuit and like no one knows who I am. Do you know what I mean? But then if someone knows and they they be like, oh that gig was great, and I'd be like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You can't see the face, but trust me, it's gas. <laughs> What about, you, what about you, Future? What's, what's been your defining moment for you? Um, when I was just finished college, I made a zine about Joe Duffy that people liked, and it was just really dumb. But like lots of people bought it, and uh, lots of people in RTE bought it as well. Uh, and then that um, kind of just kicked off like a snowball effect of different things. Um, so and that was just something that like made me laugh and made my friends laugh and then I put out and I think that's when like when I've been laughing making something and then it means other people are gonna like it as well so those have been the times I know something's gonna be successful. That's actually sorry that's actually huge one of the one of the the big like the ad that I've made that's made that won the most awards is the one that we laughed the most making so I think that's a huge thing. What's the ad? I did a thing for Lucas Aid it's years ago. But, ah, uh, you have to. I know the Lucas <laughs> ads, bro. Believe me. <laughs> I mean, it was I'm online. Not, I'm not was... an Egypt, bro. Tell me the ads. <laughs> what, what, what was it? Uh, it was an online thing. It was for like, it was like a minute long. But... Top secret. <laughs> top secret. No, no way. Literally, very not top secret. My Definitely mistake. My mistake. <laughs> but all, all the things we did that made us like split ourselves laughing, we thought that was so stupid. We put it in. That's what people like respond to, I think. Yeah. Emotionally, if you respond to it, somebody else will. Because it's not like a good laughing, no, no. Ah, yeah. Does <laughs> the job. So, can we just give a round of applause for everybody? 
Um, so we're going to open it up to some questions. Uh, does anybody have any? Do you want to raise your hands? Someone better raise their hand. Yeah, there you go. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> um, I'm focusing on like a... I run an events directory of things to do in Dublin and I've been really like fascinated by like artists here and a thing that I'm really focused on is like community and I was wondering if you guys could share with me like maybe like two or three or whatever people that you are like looking at in the industry right now that are like seriously like impressing you as, as artists and people. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. Kaki kid. He's a good mate. Smell bag, but I like him. Uh, Connor Donahue is one of my favourite directors, and I think he should get more work. So he's a lunatic. He's great. I like uh, that guy too. A painter called Kathy Dine, and is one of my favourite artists. You have to write these down. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick, quick. Yeah. Have you got any, Rachel? I'm going to have a think, and I'll speak to you after. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, is there any other questions? Yep, down the back. It's good to ask this question at the start of the year when maybe you've also had a little start of the year thing. Um, I'm, I just want to take on less work. I'm going to be just real honest about this. Less work that's better paid so I have more time to really Amen. focus on doing my own stuff and to use that effectively. Brilliant. I should take that advice because, like, <laughs> I love working for free, apparently. Do you know what I mean? Oh. No, I just, oh. like, I have made so many goddamn free hats. It's like, it hurts my bones. <laughs> it's almost, you have to do that until you get sick of it. And then if you're just at the point of getting sick of it, yeah. then you haven't done anything wrong. Do you know? Yeah. I think that I, like, I see the currency in following. I see the currency in social media. Um, so I do it every time. But, like, I... I would love to start learning how to say no. I definitely say no, but I... Is this a bad time to ask for her? <laughs> <laughs> you just said you got a big budget. Oh, true. You I didn't know what to do with it. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> <laughs> He's an influencer. You could actually really benefit the, <laughs> did you say, the exposure. <laughs> is that like a hard now? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk after. Okay. Um, I, I've been making music videos for a long time, which have been great, but I think they were filling a... At the end of last year, I realised that they were filling a, a space to do a film. So at the, at the, literally just last weekend, I finished my first short film, which is, which is huge. It cost a lot of money, but I made the money doing <laughs> soulless things. And then you, made, you made money yourself? <laughs> you didn't yeah. go big? No, no, not no, anymore, no. <laughs> thankfully. So yeah, the, it all's paid off. So yeah. doing more commercial work which hopefully less and paid more, you know why you're doing it. And so at the beginning of this year, it was great to just start the year with something that was for me. So yeah. it, was a, it was a big thing. Fair play, yeah. Thanks. Is uh, anybody else got a question? Yep. <coughs> for a bad boy. Talk about dropping out of BM. Failing out. There's a difference. Yeah. When you kind of have no qualifications, yeah, it's brilliant. But you, but you know what you want to do when you're stuck in a job. How do you then make that decision? Like, where you stuck in a job? Uh, lad, I'm not going to lie. Like, it, like, I literally had to go into recovery. To, like, <laughs> I got, like, sacked from a job because of me fucking drinking habits. You know what I mean? And then I was like, I had a few minutes to think about it. You know what I mean? It's not, I'm not going to, like, sit here and fucking let on that. I was like, do you know what? I'm him. I'm ready to do the dance so fuck yours I don't need this job that never happened for me do you know what I mean there wasn't like that 
um, instance. At the same time as like me uh, starting the fucking program in Ballymun, uh, I started playing all the festivals. Like a lot of it's for is timing. The only thing that I can tell you is, right, the same thing that I already told you, right? You have plans, is it? Right? The fella who says that he can and the fella who says that he can't, they're both always right. What job are you working at the minute? You're working a shipper. What shipper? That's a... That, Vincenzo, which, which one? Thomas Street. There's three of them. It's a good shipper. There's three Vincenzos, isn't there? Over may who walk someone. Right? You need to start planning now. You need to start planning the minute you get home. There is actually... Because it, it, it's just a numbers game at the end of the day. What do you do? You want to start putting on music? That's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, you're actually one of the few people who might actually get paid. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> like, believe me, there's loads of saps around here that'll just play a gig for you. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm one of them. Uh, fucking, uh, th- so you just need to start now. You need to start today. There's loads of places for you to start booking. Small. What type of music would you want to be booking? <clears throat> Underrepresented, underground is a great way to go. I'd say niche yourself up because it's the same with social ma- with social media. Everything's to do with niche. Like you need to have a thing that you do. Do you know what I mean? And it needs to have. You need to have the flavors. If you don't have the flavors, so I mean, you're walking Vincenzo's. I shouldn't need to tell you this. It needs to be flavorsome, right? So. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting distracted. But yeah, you start. You you just decide. Who like who's your favorite underground artist right now? You love Kaki Kid, Roy. Kaki Kid, Abdo is his name. He's bang on, Roy, and he'll do loads of gigs for you for free. He'll do loads of gigs for you for free. I haven't talked to him, but I know that he will, Roy. Nah, but he will. He'll do something for you. Me and the boys will do something for you. Brick nasty Kaki Kid will play for you and all brothers. You know what I mean? Just try to get it together, try to organise it. If you can do it right once, you can do it right again. And if you can do it right the second time, then there's no chance you're going to get it wrong the third. Do you know what I mean? And even if you do, does it mean anything? Are you going to quit? You're not going to quit, aren't you? So it doesn't matter if you get something wrong, doesn't it? It doesn't matter if people are laughing. It doesn't matter if people don't believe in you, doesn't it? Because you're not going to quit. So if you're not going to quit, there's no point in even whinging about Vincenzo's or fucking money or the economy or anything. You go do what you fucking want to do and do it tonight, bro. Don't, don't wait till tomorrow. Seriously, don't wait till tomorrow. Uh, venues that let you do, like Walkmans, they have shows on every fucking two days, and a lot of the time, like it's free to do. Do you know what I mean? You could within six months, you could have an open night to have the to have the creative people in Dublin know about, and I've played already within six months easily. Do you get what I mean? It's on you, um, and I know that it's hard. How many hours are you walking in Vincenzo's? What's the what 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 do you normally do on a, on a on a good week, not on a bad one? Forty, it's tough. What when you have a day off? Do you get two days off a week? Pick one, pick one, and no matter what happens, just say no. I tell myself that one of them days I have to give up. It stinks, but it's like what she said. It's like it's not toxic if you really, really want it. If you really, really want it, then you have to give that time. And then mind you, now you could do the two days, but I know like like walking in a chip is a heartbreak, lads. I, I walked in the deli, smelliest job I've ever had in my life. Do you know what I mean? You're coming home, just banging a field, grease all the time, mad spot. So you're going through puberty all over again, but you don't you don't even get any more pubes out of it. Do you know what I mean? It's just all the bad parts. It's just all the shit parts of puberty. So like, you know what I mean? I know where you're coming from. One of them days has to go, bro. I'm sorry, I know you're flat out, but one of them days has to go, and you need to start um, putting rubber to the road on that. You get what I mean? I'll, I'll be around. You can take me number. We'll try to sort something out, yeah? 
class. I think I want to hire you so you can just follow me <laughs> around every day and speak at me like that, and I'll be, I'll be doing great then. Yeah. <laughs> one, bro. Uh, don't shake his hand when you see him. Um, I don't know. Hey, no, no, don't make a thing out of that. It's one time, one time today where the hands at. It's one time. So we probably have time for one more question. Um, has anybody got one? Yeah. It's progressing and it's going all right. There's some stuff that I'm not happy about. Like, um, you, you can do a lot from Dublin. You can do anything you want from anywhere in the world. Like, there's a, uh, do you know your man, uh, Rich Brian, 88 Rising? Abdu actually told me this, right? Because, like, his way that he actually, Abdu, there's a fella who was kind of a mentor to me, to be honest, right? Khaki kid. He, he, he gave me a lot of good advice, right? Uh, Rich Brian, he, he was in uh, Indonesia. Like, I highly doubt there's a big rap scene over in Indonesia, you know what I mean? But he got it off, and now he's all over the world. And, like, the same with, like, Abdi. Abdi has a massive listener base. Like, all of them aren't here. Do you get what I mean? You can do anything from anywhere you want, right? The only thing that I'm not happy with is, like, just, like, the type of people that, like, the music industry can attract sometimes. Like, for me, there's, there's not enough, um, it's not democratised enough, it's not accessible enough. Do you know what I mean? It, for me, for my liking, it's not accessible enough. Do you know what I mean? It took me, like, oh, like... I started playing music. I've been playing music since a child. My nickname, my uncles used to call me Wiggles when I was younger, right? Because any time, like, Justin Timberlake or Bob Marley or something come on the radio, I'll get up and start shaking me nappy, right? So I've been like this my whole, the whole time. Do you get what I mean? And then I started playing music, started learning music, started gigging. Years, maybe maybe more than 10 years. Do you know what I mean? Not that I learned guitar a bit later, but definitely at least 10 years before I even got to, like, a level where someone might go, oh, I think I've seen a poster with that name on it, maybe once. Do you get what I mean? Um, as opposed to other people who, m- maybe they grew up in and around where, like, the RTE studio is, you know what I mean, in, like, Stalagin or something like that, and, like, it just, like, it seems like they just get one opportunity after the other. That's the only thing that I'd like to see change, but, like, that's really been nitpicky. Like, we're very lucky. We're blessed in, in the way of where we were born. We're lucky to be born in Ireland. That's a fact. Everyone in here, uh, even if you didn't get born, we're all lucky to be here in this country, you know what I mean? We're lucky that we have as much money as we do. Even people living underneath the poverty line, and I know this very well, the quality of life is a lot better. Do you get what I mean? So I am really nitpicking there. I'm very grateful, and I'm not taking it for granted. Do you know what I mean? But that's the only thing that I'd like to see swap up is get my young fellas up that are getting the good gigs, getting good opportunities, and it's not like talking like they have good shit. Do you know what I mean? I don't have to answer that question. I waffled at you. Sorry. Do you know what I mean? But you didn't pay for the event, so you actually... <laughs> Fuck off. We <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't drink. You know I've been listening. <laughs> I've had having a non-alcoholic. It's quite nice, actually. The non-alcoholic yeah. drink. That's yeah, what, like, uh, this is the willow. That's like fucking heroin with now opium in it. It's no use to me. It's no use to me. <laughs> yeah, so would you take one more question? Who, who had their hand up there? Uh, there's someone at the back, I think. Was there? Yeah, just about the music industry? Was it just about the music industry? Well, not so much about the music industry, but I think Dublin as a whole, 
one thing I'm certainly struggling with, so I'm not originally from Dublin, I'm from Galway, and I moved up here for college, and I just graduated, so it's my first year post-college, but I think one thing I'm certainly struggling with is, like, obviously there's a lot going on in Dublin that is, feels like there's so much at odds for someone trying to get into the creative industry with the high rent prices, you know, you see venues closing left, right, and centre, and I suppose it's just that staying within the creative community and staying motivated, and you spoke briefly about London and stuff like that, how I feel like for any time I speak to someone in the creative industry of my age, kind of they're only, a lot of the time, very quickly, the discussion of, like, well, have you considered London, have you mm. considered moving abroad, don't come up. And it's actually harder over there. Yeah, and I can imagine, and that's what I felt like, because I was like, well, what am I going to be doing over there? Yeah. Part-time to pay, or full-time to pay rent, that's what I'm doing here, and then on my days off trying to figure stuff out and I think honestly if I move over there honestly the only difference is I'll be more lonely I, I moved back because I was working there. I naively thought I'd move from here a year or two after college and be, be a freelancer, which just didn't work out. <laughs> I ran out of money, and I was on the verge of becoming a KP. I started working as a kitchen porter, and I was like, what the fuck am I, why? Like, why would I be here? It's a bad one, <laughs> yeah, it's real bad. Um, and so after, I was just like, I can't do it. Like, I had to move home, and... Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like, like moving away isn't the answer. Uh, I I think as much as we like to say that it it there are a lot of problems here. Like, there's a lot of sometimes you just feel like you want to live in Dublin, but Dublin doesn't love you. It's a whole, it's a real sentiment. Ah, that everyone feels. <laughs> why relax. did you graduate you from? Relax, 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 relax. But. I think I think the biggest thing that I find with Dublin is people want to show up, and and the the community to me feels nicer here than in London. That's it way, feels yeah, like no, it's way yeah. more forgiving. It's way more yeah. forgiving. People like, want to be there. And, you and could do act things. act your fucking hole off in London, yeah, and like at the end of it, the whole crowd you stand there like, is that like are you out there doing your job? You know what I mean? That's what they like because that it's London. It's literally London. It's not like a pretend London. It's actual. Do you know what I mean? It's one of the biggest capitals in the world. So like. It, it, like it, it actually makes a lot more sense to stay in Dublin. Do you know what I mean? We should just be trying to fix whatever we have to fix. Just fix it. And we're so close to, to London as well. I still like I go there every so yeah, often. Yeah, it's there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's ten hours across. Cl- you know I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like a commute. I used to do. I used to work here and come back, and because I got more work here than I did in London that at that time. But He's yeah, big time fella in London all the time. What about you, Fisher? You look like it's had yeah. It's it's really hard because just at the bones, but it is terrible. Like rent is really expensive and that means that you can't have more free time to do creative things to build that up but like I suppose focusing on the positives of it like people in Dublin are class and you have the community here and that's the thing that you can like get that snowball effect going like once you know people and then you know more people yeah and like moving away and no knowing no one and being in a more expensive city isn't all it's cracked yeah. up to be and look at it this way if you was on move how are we going to start the class war <laughs> But also here you can be like the big fish in a small pond. I think it's easier to make a name for yourself. Like you can use how small we are and how small the creative world is as a positive in that way. And like we've never had the access to social media, to international contacts that we have nowadays. Like it was harder back then. And I think that we're lucky, like you said, to live in Ireland. Like the front page, the front page isn't that we got bombed. The front page is that was there was a 
climate protest. So I think we're very lucky to like live here. There's never going to be a perfect country, a perfect world. And I feel like if you can work hard, you'll work, you can make a name for yourself because it's not that many people doing it. And you can reach Doja Cat from here. So there's you can that. reach anyone from anywhere. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Literally. Like, we literally have the internet. Do you know what I mean? People who are like giving out being like, Dublin just doesn't. No offense, bro, right? But it's like we just need to oh, fucking. Sorry. I actually, do you know what it was, right? I wasn't actually talking about you, but then when I said Dublin, I was about to say Dublin doesn't love me or whatever, and I was like, he just said that that's cheeky. So no, you can that. use that, it's all right, it's okay. I was just <laughs> right, mopping that up because I, I actually like this fella, do you know what I mean? I don't want to be on his bad side, but uh, yeah, like it's on us, it's on us, we fucking live here. It's on us, do you know what I mean? There's no fuck... I know, like, things are so fucking easy nowadays, right? Things are genuinely fucking easy nowadays. If you're talking about how it was years ago, we have a fucking easy, do you know what I mean? And things are that easy that when, like, certain things aren't working, we get it in our heads, that's like we can just throw a hat at it and, like, it'll fix itself, do you know what I mean? Because that's that's what everything... Everything fixes itself nowadays, do you know what I mean? Oh, I don't know where I'm going, whack it in the phone. Oh, I don't know, I'm going to be late to walk. Oh, a taxi man will just come to me door and I don't have to do anything, do you get what I mean? Um... We should take that responsibility on ourselves to make this place as, as hospitable and as good for us as we can, do you know what I mean? And just keep just keep fucking grafting. <laughs> I think also COVID has made it okay to ask someone to Zoom. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd ever have asked someone to Skype me before. Yeah, Skype is dirt. Yeah, no, 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 not that. You're not on Skype. Anyways. Me. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, you can ask somebody for a call. And I think that almost means more now because of the way the world a is. A Zoom so. call is official. Like, you feel mad guilty being late for a Zoom call. <laughs> Do you know I what I mean? pitch most of my things on Zoom now. It's, it's, yeah. bit, it's like shouting into the void, but it's good because you don't have to go, you have to be at home. It's right? handy, yeah. yeah. It's handy. Yeah. Um, so thanks so much for coming down. Just give a round of applause to all the panellists. Uh, and yeah, that's the end. So thank you for coming. <laughs> <laughs>